0: And hello, people of the internet. How's it going today? How you doing? I'm Billy Bones, and this is a walk through the mind. A moment where we can sit down, hang out, chit-chat, discuss a handful of ideas that have been bouncing around inside my head, and see if we can't take those ideas for ourselves and go out and get the conversation started with friends or family. The people we meet on the street. Or maybe we just get those gears turning within our own heads and see where it takes us. So it's election season. Have you noticed? Getting enough ads blasting through your TV and your local radio stations. Maybe on your favorite video streaming platform, ads have started coming through. The push to elect new representatives. Switch out some or maybe we felt they've done a good enough job to maintain their position, their seats as our representatives, people representing the broader view of a select area. But it's not so simple as it has been in years past. We've all gained insight on some level or another on things that seem to go on behind the curtain. And one of the big topics that I think we should all be looking at seeing as it doesn't seem to be ending soon as a little conflict between Russia and Ukraine over there on the other side of the world that we seem to be so deeply involved in. Now, I'm not here to necessarily defend one side or the other. This is, again, per the usual, an attempt to look at things from a broader perspective and see what we feel in a grand scheme of things whether or not we actually belong there. Sending aid in war is not something that's foreign or outside of the realm of what has happened in history. I was recalling the other day that the French, France, helped the United States, or more appropriately appropriately named the 13 colonies, secede and gain their independence from the UK, Great Britain. France was having a rivalry with with Britain. They were trying to be the next global power, trying to take over where the UK had come. France had gotten the Louisiana section of the United States from Spain, had some struggles with that in the French-American War, the French-Indian War, excuse me, and they still had a sour spot. From losing that series of battles. And so when the colonies decided to rise up against Britain. They backed them. They sent generals. Otherwise. And generals and troops. A little bit more involved than the contractors we send out today. But they didn't send in a full force. A full army. Merely people to help guide and make decisions. Strategically a little bit easier for the United States. Excuse me the colonies, the colonists. During the Civil War, people on the international stage took preferences on who they wanted to support, the South being an agrarian, cotton-creating society, definitely had some better influence as for who wanted to support who. France and Mexico both wanted to support the Confederacy, but the Union, the North, had said that anybody that Recognizes the North or the South as a legitimate country, has essentially declared war on the Union and would be treated as enemy combatants. Britain did their best to stay neutral. Russia, at the time, ruled by the Tsars, had offered support for the Union. And while there wasn't any direct involvement of sending aid, it was there. So we continue on through. Other simple conflicts within history. You think of the Korean War and the Vietnam War. Again, civil wars. And the United States sending in actual troops. The United States actually went to war and fought. Sacrificed her own people in an attempt to change the course of history. We left both of those theaters with kind of a level of shame. We actively went to war with... Afghanistan, and Iraq. Not necessarily leaving with our heads held high in either of those situations either. Desert storm kind of mixed in there. What was that, early 90s? No one ever thinks about that place. But where do we belong in supporting a place like Ukraine? How much arms and armament should we send to make this all kind of connect together? They've been a... A civil war within their... Somewhere between a civil war and... Making sure that Russia doesn't invade them any further... Since 2013. It's been a long time that that country has been... In conflict. But it's right in between. Russia and NATO. Fantastic place for growing food to be able to feed... Europe. And yet Russia has... Not necessarily... Legitimate or active claim to the territory. It's its own entity. But the people there are ethnically closer to Russia than they are British or French or German. But they are also themselves, their own country, their own individual people. They have a right to their own rules and regulations and how they see fit, whether or not their co- their countrymen, their government is corrupt, We're not here to discuss corruption today, but these people, again, that have been out there fighting for 11 years now, trying to figure out where they belong, do we actively need to be involved? Well, as of right now, we're not. Again, we're sending our contractors. We're not sending troops, but we are allowing people to leave and fight that battle, something we did not allow when people wanted to join ISIS and for understandable reasons. But people here in the United States are free to leave and fight for Ukraine. Don't know if they're allowed to fight for Russia, if they feel that that is their calling, able to go out and contract on that side of the spectrum. But people standing up and fighting and making sure that their voice and whatnot is held. But in addition to contractors, again, we send aid. The United States has sent almost 53 billion dollars since the beginning of January 24, 2022. That's not counting any money that the United States has sent since 2013 to Ukraine. But all this money that we send, as we should step back and look at it, is not pallets of cash. That was only one incident that went to Iran that we don't have to worry about, not right now, not in this conversation. But all this money that we send is mostly in arms, uh, the way that we're best able to support. We have the military-industrial complex that runs this American society. Money gets fed into it. We buy. The United States Congress, more or less, appropriates the money and says, Okay, giant corporations here. Lockheed Martin being something that comes easily off the top of my head. But whoever's making bullets, whoever's making the Humvees, they get the money. And from October 28th, I have a clip here of Sabrina Singh. She is the Deputy Pentagon Press Secretary. Just sharing what we have recently sent to Ukraine.
1: Today, the department is announcing the authorization of the 24th presidential drawdown of security assistance valued at up to 20 million to meet Ukraine's critical security and defense needs. This authorization is, again, our 24th drawdown of equipment from DoD inventories for Ukraine since August 2021. Capabilities in this package, which you'll see up here, additional ammunition for HIMARS, which are the high-mobility artillery rocket systems, 500 precision-guided 155 artillery rounds. 2,000 155-millimeter rounds of remote anti-armor mine systems, more than 1,300 anti-armor systems, 125 Humvees, uh, small arms and more than 2.75 million rounds of small arms ammunition, and four satellite communications antennas. In total, the U.S. has committed more than $18.5 billion in security assistance to Ukraine since the beginning of the Biden administration.
0: So only $18 billion in arms sales, and we're only getting rid of old stock. We're getting rid of the stuff that's about to be expired, so it's okay to get rid of it. We can reinvigorate the United States economy by spending money by making new weapons, new cars. All sorts of fancy stuff like that, spiking the U.S. economy. Other assistance usually gets sent out in through the NGOs, non-governmental organizations, as a means to send food and water and blankets, maybe some educational material, not propaganda, to the affected area. So it's a bonus for us here in the United States to send this aid. Again, we have skills that get sent out, as individuals, we get to empty the, our aging, it's not infrastructure, but weapon stock, weapons cash. So we get to pay people, we get to pay manufacturing companies, and it all works out for the better. We get to support a nation that we believe we agree with, whether or not we agree that we should be in this conflict. We are not actively in this conflict yet, we have not declared war on Ukraine. But what happens when these weapons that we send out? Not worried about the contractors. They have their job. They have their morals and situations. But what about when these weapons don't make it to where they're supposed to? Should we continue to send arms? Maybe. Probably. If that's the message we choose to endorse. But how do we verify that the weapons are going to be used and sent to and received by? the people that we want. We don't want even outdated arms to make it onto the black market. There's a conversation going on here in the United States about just ghost guns and weapons that end up in criminals' hands, let alone law-abiding citizens' hands. How do we make sure? How do we determine whether or not we're doing the right thing? Maybe we need verification on every shipment to make sure it ends up in the right person's hands. I'd hate to see when we finally determine that this conflict is over or we are done with it, that we just abandon all of our equipment. Now, granted, this is aid. These are gifts. It's nothing like how we left Afghanistan when we were actively, actively involved in that area leaving behind so much equipment. But it's cheaper to leave it than it is to ship it back. Ship it one way, abuse it, use the crap out of it, and leave it let it litter someone else's area. But then they can use that technology that we've left behind if they're able to figure it out and apply it to their own deal. Or they can take apart the scraps of whatever it is and create new things. hate to go so far and not to be rude, but to create new huts or shacks, living situations, reduce, reuse, recycle. At least someone will be able to use it. But should we still support Ukraine? Shouldn't be just Ukraine. What any group uh, should we support them if their values kind of shift, or maybe their values haven't shifted, but their tactics have changed? Do we still approve of how they've gone about things? Now, I have no proof for it, and who knows what's what in this world of fake news of the Crimean bridge bombing. I'm not a Monday morning quarterback, but I can tell you that. When I originally saw that video, woke up early one morning, just flipping through, and watched the bridge blow up, the bridge that connects Crimea to Russia, an already sensitive subject. Ukraine and Russia have been going at it again for 11 years. Intentions have only escalated. A push becomes a shove, a shove becomes a slap, a slap becomes a punch. Where do we go after a punch? Where are we? Win or lose, however the balance of the battle was going. When the bridge blew up, I did not see that as Russia blowing up the bridge. I saw that as Crimea saying, We're not having any more of your guff, Russia. We're taking Crimea back since we're doing all of this. Maybe it's where we agree and we stand. And how we feel in the Russia-Ukraine conflict. But what if that was not just a defensive maneuver? The international community, more or less, agree or disagree. But Crimea has become Russian. Crimea is Russia now, in a nutshell. And now Ukraine does that to take it back. May Again, maybe they're justified. But does that increase the conflict? Does that increase tensions? Is that where we want to be as the United States, as an entity that's backing that side? Maybe. Maybe we think that Russia should back off. There was blame that it could have been Russia. Again, I don't see Russia trying to advance, expand that war any more. so. I think they have their ideas and goals. And again, Crimea was already theirs. Why should they need to elevate the conflict there? But now there's talks of dirty bombs nuclear weapons. Should actually reverse that, nuclear weapons and dirty bombs. Dirty bombs are just... Things that will ruin immediate area. Something that's placed within a a vehicle or a suitcase and taken to an area with a little bit of radioactive material and blown up ruins that area. If Russia is looking to gain territory, why would they want to destroy just a small area and make it radioactive? Chernobyl's already in Ukraine. Not that they want to make any more of that area dirty. But if Ukraine, if their government... Is so bent out of shape to make things like this happen, to prove that Russia did it somehow, some way. Could a government do that on their own? Destroy an area to make it look like Russia did more damage? In an attempt to increase the amount of arms that we send over, the amount of aid that the United States chips in, the Gulf of Tonkin, the event that brought us into the Vietnam War. Turned out to be a less than stellar excuse. Worked out well the day of. Worked out better than the Bay of Pigs. But it still turned out to be not as good of an idea or as honest, reliable, respectful as it means to get us, the United States, involved in a conflict that we kind of had to leave with our tail beto- behind our legs, between our legs, whatever the phrase or saying is. How do we balance this out? How do we choose which which representatives have appropriately stood up for our values and beliefs as individuals, as Americans, at both and all levels, all the way in between? Do they respect our feelings? Do they respect our beliefs? Almost 370 lawmakers, lawmakers, representatives have voted to hand out money. To the unit to the Ukraine the Ukraine Ukraine is that where we want to be is that who we want to elect outside of the massive number of show notes in an attempt to compare and contrast everything there is a link in there that from Breitbart that shows all the people that voted to send money in this time this year of 2022 and so it's not a it's not a condemnation or a means to say that one person's right or wrong. I still stand in the belief that we should not have gotten involved at the beginning. But here we are. We are very much involved dealing with reverberations of a kinetic energy situation. And we'll figure it out. These are ideas, these are talking points, moments that I hope we can take and create reflection of ourselves. And I've been Billy Bones at Billy Bones, B I L L Y B O N, the number three S. Find me on Twitter and Gab at Billy Bones. You can find me on Mastodon, the No Agenda Social, at Billy Bones at NoAgendaSocial.com. Go there, send short quips, little things of support or condemnation either work well but if you need longer forms of communication go to the website billybones.com remember that's spelt with a number three instead of an E and there's a link for email get in contact with me there's links for the show notes lots of them today there's links to past episodes and on the website there's a link that says value for value I release this show without advertisers I'd release it to you in hopes that you find value out of it and if you do I ask, the first thing that I ask that you do is you give the show a share. Maybe someone else finds a talking point, a rabbit hole, or gets the gears turning in a way that maybe they never had a chance to. Not just yet. But if you fa- feel that this show is worth monetary value, if you feel I've earned a beer or a cup of coffee to, over this conversation, fantastic. Again, you can go to the website, click that value for value button, it'll take you to PayPal, chip in, you donate, support the show in whatever fiscal amount you feel is appropriate or if you're using a podcasting 2.0 app you can send in some satoshis but thank you very much for listening i love you guys and i'll talk to you next week